You're listening to Paint the Town Podcast with your hosts. LA Street Art Gallery resident artist, teacher, and founder of LA Street Art Gallery, James Chen of What's up, bro? How's it going, man? Quarantine show number two. Yeah, man. I'm uh, I'm I'm digging this, man. This is uh, you know I I checked out the podcast from yesterday and um, the the quality of the the video, the the sound, and everything seems okay. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, got a lot of compliments actually, and I was able to slip in like a uh, you know when we were talking about your TP guy slaying it on the street i was able to like throw in the image right there since we already have it on video normally we just record the sound and it's a pain in the ass to edit the the video but basically like uh with this zoom app we're kind of giving them a free plug i guess right zoom well i mean dude well you're paying for the service though right uh no it's free actually man it's free i think on the ipad basically like you have basically got a uh extra service to record but i was able to uh record and everything man so I think we're good. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Awesome, Amazing man. technology, man. I was just thinking, imagine if we were going through this quarantine, like, uh, you know, back in the Spanish flu days, man. You, you, you know what I mean? 1918, man. Like, I mean, first of all, you, you'd probably take like a few weeks to even figure out there's a pandemic going on, you know? Yeah. The, the guy's got to ride over with a horse to deliver the fucking newspaper. <laughs> or... Well, from what I've heard, the the Spanish flu, that one was was nasty because there was a a second wave was worse than the first one. And, um, you know, that's one of the things that they don't know. uh, They haven't figured out yet with the uh, with the the current coronavirus, COVID-19, if the uh, the second wave is going to be, you know, worse than the first one or not. Um, I haven't heard him say anything about that, but. I did see where, uh, like I was mentioning in the podcast yesterday, uh, Dr. Fossey confirmed that this could be turn into like a seasonal thing. Jeez. So, I mean, I don't know. Like at the end of the day, I think, uh, you know, I'm just taking it day by day. Um, I'm really trying to just uh, live a normal, happy lifestyle and stay away from the news. You know, you know what I mean? Like just the Oh, regular- dude, you're not kidding me, man. I, I caught myself getting all caught up in it today man i was just getting all like oh but and you know mainly because i check all of them so i'm seeing a, a repeat you know when you start seeing a repeat of the same story that's when you know that okay this is legitimate you know yeah um, yeah yeah but then yeah when you start seeing that same story four or five times and it's just like okay yeah this is this is bad the united states is now the epicenter you know we're now the well, um I mean, United States is a big place, too, at the end of the day, man. So, I mean, it's just like, we're not comparing apples to apples, you know. There's a bigger population. But at the end of the day, we just got to be mindful right now. It is serious. And um, it's just crazy because you can't really ignore it this time. Like, I remember when 9-11 happened, I was going to college. And I pretty much just, like, I just hung out with my college friends. I was just getting to know them. I was becoming a, a man at that time, like a young adult, you know. And I know we have, like, younger kids listening to this at this point in time on our podcast because they've reached out to us and um yeah it's just weird man this is seriously like the craziest thing that i've ever been through in my life man like <laughs> well the hard part is there's certain parts of the country where you know uh 
there's not as much worry, you know, because there's yeah. the, the population isn't there, um, you know, but then when you got the, the, the big areas, the hotbed areas where you just have, you know, uh, apartments stacked on top of each other, like New York or, or places out, of, out here in California, um, that's where you really, really have to be super careful. But, you know, when they're talking about letting people from New York travel down to Florida, um, you know, and then, well, okay, these people are supposed to self-quarantine for 14 days once yeah, they yeah. get down to Florida. You know, who's keeping track of all that stuff? You yeah, know? really. Then, I kind of heard you know, that. We got people that are being very responsible, but then you got numbnut guys like, uh, like this guy right here. Um, okay, Missouri man charged allegedly uh, licking Walmart items and armed coronavirus fears uh, amid coronavirus. Jesus, licking them in Walmart. I mean, this is this is the spectrum you know that you're dealing with. You know, you got certain people that are um, you know doing everything perfect. They're doing everything perfect, and then you got you know nimrods like this. You. <laughs> Or this 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 dumb cunt that excuse me this dumbass bitch that was that coughed on a <laughs> section of produce. Did you see that? Coughed yeah, on no, a section I, I, of produce. I saw that, and they had to throw it all away, basically. Thirty-five thousand dollars worth of produce. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, man. Right now, I'm just really trying to stay off social media, man, because it's like <clears throat> it's just you know either people are trying to you know post some positive stuff. Because the comedy's kind of over right now about the coronavirus right now. It's like, okay, people were putting like kind of like making jokes about it and then releasing some pretty good comedy, but all that's over right now. Everybody's taking it seriously now, and people are freaking out and they're just posting. I don't know if they're you know they're trying to help people not freak out online by posting, but at the end of the day, it's just too much coronavirus information coming at you, man. And that's why we want to keep on doing these podcasts. Even though we're talking about it, we want people to understand like, hey, we're going through it too. Because, you know, <clears throat> I watched the Rogan podcast and he's still doing it. He did one, uh, uh, you know, with Tom Segura, basically. And uh, mm -hmm. it's nice to see uh, celebrities or whatever people you're into. They're literally going through the same thing as you, man. And we're kind of all in this together. Hey, we have a guest. Yeah, Whoa! Now. <laughs> there we I go. love that, man. I love that. All right, here that. we go. Boom. All right. Whoa, here we go. Dude, hey, man. Right. Uh, now we have joining us. You probably can't. No one can tell who that is. Uh, <laughs> folks, we now have uh, Fish One joining us. Um, it's my stand-in. That's your stand-in. Oh, no. Okay, so you're not. You're standing over the side actually eating or doing something, right? This is your yep. assistant. Exactly. Got it. Well, I, I mean, the only way we can tell that's him is because his name is uh, in that little corner right there, as, as, <laughs> as you can see. Oh, yeah, there we go. <clears throat> Got it. But, hey, man, we just want to... No, of the screen. Of the screen, Fish. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> there you go, yeah. The only... Uh, we want to... I dig the background, though. I like it, man. Nice. That's the... Uh, while I work on it in my studio. Nice, man. Well, hey, we wanted to welcome you back. Um, Thanks for having me. If anybody, uh, you know, you probably don't know if you're out in the audience out there, but actually Fish was one of our, uh, it is the highest listened to podcast uh, in our entire library of artists, man. And that was a surprise to me. I mean, we've had some big uh, name artists on here. We've had Dave Navarro on here. We've had Wordsmith. We've had Plastic Jesus. But at the end of the day, I think our audience kind of like uh, really, really. Uh, Dude, Eddie is, Eddie is, I mean, I mean, Fish is a, uh, you know, he's an OG of, 
of OGs, man. He's he's been around and he's served his time and he's been around, you know, some of the big crews. He's seen a lot of action. Um, so it didn't surprise me, not at all. I appreciate you guys giving me the opportunity to be on here. I'm actually I'm surprised. That's a really weird thing, but I'm really humbled. That's that's really awesome that people care. You know, I, I, I uh, in earlier interviews and shit, I used to talk a lot of smack about a lot of things. So maybe people are hoping that I would do that. So maybe that's why they tuned in, or maybe not. I think I think maybe uh, first of all, maybe, maybe the feds are listening, man. They're like, we got to figure out who this fish guy is. <laughs> no, they don't care who I am. But I think it's just more interesting if if you know I'm anonymous. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely, man. And, you, you know, that's why we want to make sure to protect your identity, too, whenever you come on this show. And, uh, you, you know, last time the sound quality wasn't that good, but people were still telling me amazing content, but poor sound quality. Can you guys, uh, you know, uh, have them on again, man? You, you know, that's why we want to have you on, man. And uh, since then, the world has changed, man. <laughs> Quite a bit. Yeah. What's it like for you, uh, Fish? I mean, I had a lot of traveling planned. And so, you know, very selfishly, like my whole next several months just went down the drain as far as like uh, things I had lined up. Yeah. But uh, I'm, I'm taking it in stride. I'm taking it as a chance to make a lot of art. And uh, I've been spending a lot of time with my mom and taking care of my dad a little bit. So I think, you know, it's been I've been having a lot of time to meditate and just kind of digest everything that's going on. Well, well let me ask you, man. I know you're a vegan, bro, right? Or... Besides the cheese, I think, right? Right. How's the, how's the food in the uh, stockpiling in this uh, quarantine time? I'm, I'm just saying, is it any different? Because I know you're just, you're just eating vegetables, man. <laughs> you, you know? I mean, you know, yeah. Uh, I, I've cooked a lot. Like, I, I uh, pre-cooked a lot of stuff and put it in the freezer. Like, ro okay. roasted beets and stuff like that. So, it's easy for me to just pull out a lot of stuff that I have just recently made. So, nice, nice, nice. Yeah, yeah. I got a lot of food, though. I got a ton... I do pretty well. I managed, you know, I, I uh, when I was in college and I was living with three dudes, we ate off like scraps and we survived. So I'm doing a lot better right now. Yeah, man. I mean, I was just telling Any toilet paper uh, issues? You know, I actually, my, I, uh, like a month and a half ago happened to just buy like, ah, oh, I don't want to come back to Costco. So I'm just going to buy a lot. So I have like 40 rolls in there before the line started and everything. I, I had them, you know, I've only used a couple since the whole thing started. So. I know it's gonna last. Who would have known that uh, toilet paper and uh, a weed would be basically the trading items of the apocalypse, huh? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm doing fine on that. Fortunately, I kind of did the same thing. I like pitched in with some buddies and bought like a big quantity. So I got a bunch just stored away. I'll, I'll be okay. Yeah, I'll that's what I was saying too. I was very fortunate. I mean, I have my own boy. Uh, I've been picking up since like 13 years, man. He grows his own stuff, man. I had just picked up right before the apocalypse hit, man. So like. Uh, I've just been posting up. It makes it easier to stay home. That's for sure, man. <laughs> yeah, I've really limited my. I think I've only been out once in the last ten days. Yeah, man. I'm just. I'm. I'm really trying to follow the rules for once because this is like uh, for humanity. You know what I mean? I was telling Teach. I said, you know, I don't think ever in my lifetime have I ever felt so connected to the world because we're actually, if you're not a dipshit running around on the beach in Fort Lauderdale, I mean, you're actually like kind of we're all in this together, fighting this and trying to make uh, something happen and some changes, you know, and that's really rare. I think we can all work together in the world at something. Hopefully it'll make people more mindful and conscientious when this is over about how we are and all in it together, you know? Yeah, man, but you know, <clears throat> I was thinking, uh, I was watching Rogan today. I don't know if you're a fan of Rogan podcasts at all, but basically he was just saying like, man, what if this is like, what if 
you know, we, we don't go back to the normal way. Like we all imagine like, oh yeah, that was like, you know, back then we can all do all these free things, but what if this is the new way, man? You, you know, what if there's virus season like, you know, eight months out of the year, man? You, you know, it's kind of crazy to think about if actually this is a new way of life, you know, because I mean, any kid born today, this is their reality, man. Like, you know, the week, they don't know back in the day they used to be able to do this 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 you know we've had it really good for a while now man we have had i think overall things will go mostly back to normal i i i don't think i mean we're obviously going to be more conscientious and they say that, that this pandemic could come back next year and the year after if we don't handle it this way this time really well yeah. but i think if we're all responsible i think you know hopefully this won't be the new normal i'm i'm, I'm optimistic that it won't be <clears throat> Yeah, I mean, I'm just hopeful too, man, because uh, I think uh, teacher kids are. I, you know what? I, I kind of, I, well, dude, I've, I've got kids. I'm, um, and I try to be optimistic, but there's a side of me that, you know, is, uh, you know, devil's advocate and is always, you know, trying to keep the one, the side of me that's wanting to relax on edge, you know, because you don't want to relax too much. Um, but that's actually one of the, the reasons why I've got this hat on. Uh, tonight i've got uh this is um the hat that uh, clark little gave me um it's his uh his, little, his design shoots um it's got clark little on there but uh you know it's from cal it's from hawaii and uh actually i've got his, his uh, print right over here um this is uh one of his photos um oh sweet yeah that's just standing like you know right in the shore break um i think this is uh Keiki's. And, uh, you know, it's just like getting hit by a, a bus. But, um, oh, yeah. you know, it's just, it's helping to remind me to, you know, think of, uh, of other things and, and other places to, you know, keep me from going stir crazy. Um, and, uh, you know, as to whether or not that's going to be the, the new norm, um, you know, who knows? But one thing I do know is that, you know, we have the amazing ability to adapt. You know, humans have an amazing ability to adapt and to to make the new norm okay. Um, I, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I, from what I heard uh, Dr. Fossey say yesterday, you know, he seems uh, to think that there could be, you know, a, uh, a season where, you know, basically we practice what we're doing now, you know, and um, you know, if that's the case, then um, there's actually people in parts of the world right now that certain parts of the year, it's, you know, it's so cold outside, they can't do anything, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, and so maybe that's, you know, that kind of becomes what it's like for a lot of other people in the world for a little while. But that could also help us to appreciate those other times that we have when we're not under quarantine even more. And maybe we start taking care of the earth a little bit better. Um, either way, I hope we, you know, we all take this as a show of how serious, you know, Mother Earth can be, you know, and um, all these little, you know, time clocks, 11th hour, 12th hour and all this stuff. Um, it's smacking you in the face right now, you know, and um, you're finding out that, uh, you know, it is possible to, to deal with this and, you know, um, we just look for inspiration and look for little escapes here and there for, for those of us that, that it drives crazy, you know? I like that, man. Looking for inspiration, like little 
things here and there because I've actually I had to get out last night, man. I had to go out and put up this piece that I was telling you about. Yeah, I and, saw it, man. Um, Did you see it, uh, Fish? He had a a turtle basically with the uh, Congress the Capitol building, right? Of Capitol course. building on top, and they had a really nice like shading on the bottom too, man. Because these I messed up the lighting on that. I should have flipped the uh, the Capitol building um, stencil around because the it looks like well, you know what? It would work if you had. If the, if the lighting was a street light, really bright, right next to the, to the Capitol building, yet shading this side of the turtle, it's, if I would have flipped the, the Capitol building stencil around, the shading would have worked better. Nobody would have ever noticed that. Yeah, I mean, it, it looks great, man. <laughs> Take the fucking compliment, Deej. <laughs> I do. But as soon as I did it, I look at the picture, I'm going, ah! <laughs> I think it's because these fucks in Washington are taking so goddamn long and trying to put in, like, different voter agenda things inside this, the package, man. What do you think about this fish? I mean, I know you, you have some uh, political opinions. <laughs> that you, oh, that yeah, you... I mean, I, I, uh, I'm still just surprised how much power people are still giving the Republicans. Like I, I know it's hard to convince people in the Bible Belt or places where like a certain kind of mentality is really ingrained, but if anything's showing like that they're ineffectual, it's right now, I mean, Obviously, they're going to cheat and, like, try to always sneak in, uh, you know, little subclauses to, you know, pass some fucking abortion bill or something over the middle of the night when people aren't looking, you know? But, uh, <clears throat> yeah, man, super shady, dude. I mean, they've always been the shadiest. I can't believe how much power they still wield. I can't believe how fucking sleepy people are. I can't believe that I still speak to young people that tell me shit like, oh, you know what? Well, this is America. If you don't like it, fuck off. And it's like, yeah, dude, it's America, and I love it. And that's why I think, like, you should be aware of what the fuck you're saying. You know, people are just so uh, easily caught up in the rhetoric. I mean, you know? I don't even know who to believe. Well, that, that and, and you know, um, they, a lot of them only listen to one media outlet or, right. you know, one source. And, you know, they're, they're taught that all these other sources are fake news. Right. And the socialist propaganda. You would, you would hope that, you know, okay, if it was... If it were like, you know, three or four newspapers saying one thing and two or three or four newspapers saying another thing, then okay, I can understand there being some confusion or whatever. But when there's just basically one media outlet that's, you know, so different than all the others, all the others, <laughs> then... These guys got like their own pages too, man. I mean, you know, if you're if you're like a you know, you got your Breitbart, you got your Fox News, you got your you know, what like a positive feedback loop, and you're right, it is really limited. And then the yeah, Facebook, you're, you, know, you are right, they make it look like more than one. They do make it look like more than one, but it's uh, yeah, they, they're just echo chambers. But I, th I yes. think right now, man, I, honestly, I really don't know who to believe. And I was telling Teach, I'm just really trying to like not watch the fucking news, man, because the last thing I want to hear about right now during this coronavirus period of time is whether, uh, you know, Joe, Joe Biden is going to like, you know, and what's going on in the election, man. It sucks because it is important. You know what I mean? And uh, um, like, you know what, how about, how about Andrew Cuomo for president? <laughs> oh man. Yeah. He's probably, he's been pretty ballsy. He's been, I, I like, you know, the shitty. He sounds people. like a president to me. Yeah, More than Trump. He sounds very presidential to me. And you know, I got to tell you, my wife, uh, is telling me about this um, video that she's been sent of one of the panels that they had that he was heading. And she's been sent this by 27 of her friends in, in Europe. 
27 different friends sent her this video of Andrew Cuomo. And they're like, there's your new president right there. I mean, shit, man. He's like, he's handling business out there, man. But like I said, I'm looking at it from a point of view, like, hey, man, let's get through this uh, uh, COVID-19 crisis before we give him too much credit. You know what I mean? He is, he, is, he is talking to people, though. And I like that. You know, and on our governor too, Gavin, Gavin Newsom, they're effective communicators, man. Like, you know, you know what I, I mean? just like seeing someone in that position, that high of authority, like he's pretty much the president of New York right now, okay? He is the president of New York. The governors are the presidents of their states or whatever. It's it, one way of looking at it. Sure. And it's just so nice to see someone act that way, you know, and not be afraid like, oh God, any minute he's going to go off the teleprompter and he's going to go, ah, you know, it's like, <laughs> it's so nice to watch this guy talk, you know, and lead. Um, it's like, wow, that's what it used to be like to have a president, you know? Yeah. Man, I mean, exactly. You know, he's doing a good job. You know, like I said, he's an effective communicator. I really, really hope just shit gets better out there, man. Because, you know, once I start looking at graphs, I start freaking the fuck out, man. I'm like, I can't look at this graph, man. We got to, you know, how do we flatten this curve? And, and, uh, dude, we're already got the worst curve so far. Yeah. We got the worst man, curve but, so like, far. it's going to get worse because there's so many people that have it that haven't even been identified, right? And all these yeah, results. Exactly. Yes. So that's going to get pretty scary sounding. Well, yes. Are you in three weeks? In about three weeks, guys. Okay. In about the, the middle or end of April, people are going to be losing their minds. All the hospitals, you know, there's a good chance that they're going to be stacked up and everything. And, um, you know, that's, that's, that's what I'm hearing. That's what they're saying. And a lot of people are saying that. So yeah, I mean, you know, that's why we're just trying to stay home right now, man. I mean, uh, and you know what? You're right, James. You, you do have to watch some news to get a little bit of information as to what's going on and everything. Um, but yeah, uh, now is the time to appreciate artists and 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 entertainers, and you know, <laughs> check out some YouTube channels you wouldn't normally check out. Maybe check out some podcasts you wouldn't normally check out. Yeah, um, do some yoga. Yeah, yes. meditate, meditate, right? Uh, meditate. Every Eddie, day. Eddie, and I did the. Uh, oh, you know what? Oh crap! It's in the truck. Um, yeah, we did. You know what? I tell you what. I'll be right back. I'm gonna run out to the truck right. <laughs> All right, go ahead and run um, out to the truck, man. I'm I gonna entertain. show you the the uh, stencil that we did together. All right, I'm gonna entertain you with some uh, social distancing pickup lines for Tinder, bro. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hear them. All right, here. Okay. Uh, if COVID-19 doesn't take you out, can I? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> if, if that hand sanitizer in your pocket, is that a hand sanitizer in your pocket, or are you just happy to be within six feet of me? <laughs> oh, man. Terrible. Yeah. <laughs> bad jokes. Chad? Yeah, these are bad jokes. Like, these are pickup lines. I love it. These are pickup yeah, no, you're right, you're right. You know, to oh, use yeah. that Tinder to get a chick's response, you, you know well, what I mean? Definitely, you know, get a ha-ha. <laughs> exactly. Well, you know, exactly. These were sent to me by chicks, man. So, like... Okay, nice. Like, all right. So, since all public libraries are closed, <laughs> I'm checking you out instead. <laughs> that's a better one. Yeah, that's a better one. All right. You can't spell virus without you and I. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Baby, do you need toilet paper because I'm your Prince Charmin? 
I saw you from across the bar stay there. <laughs> Without you, uh, my life is as empty as this supermarket shelf. Uh, hey, babe, can I ship you? <laughs> Um, you can't spell quarantine without you are a cutie. I said that one yesterday. Uh, yeah. uh, so, lastly, it says, I really can't stay. Baby, it's COVID-19 outside. <laughs> 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 and you're back, teacher. Okay, we just had to entertain the audience real quick. Meditate every day. Nice, nice, nice. Isn't that- Check out those guy? letters, man. That is some serious fish uh, lettering right there. Solid, man. That was, yeah, exactly, man. Damn. Now, the, uh, with you, man. the stencil that I uh, put that up with, this is uh, Yoji Bajan. Mm. Um, hey, you know what? Maybe I'll be Yoji Bajan for the rest of the uh, podcast. Try to dispel <laughs> some knowledge. Now, those of you who know uh, Fish, um, you know, it kind of looks like Fish a little bit. You know? <laughs> no, no, he doesn't, man. Fish is a black dude. <laughs> <laughs> i'm just kidding guys uh you know actually uh trimmed down the beard quite a bit allegedly man who knows oh yeah that's not what i heard <laughs> so tell the audience who this is man this we're, is we're... yoji bajan yeah he, uh he's one of the gurus that uh helped a lot of people learn how to do transcendental meditation oh. along with um marishi uh was it uh maharishi one of the other guys but uh i know that this is uh, eddie donaldson's one of eddie donaldson's favorite guys uh, i actually did this stencil for eddie donaldson um gorilla one uh, do, you so. do, uh, do you do um uh any uh transcendental meditation yes dude every day oh really interesting yes absolutely well i sometimes i'll skip a, a day on the weekend or something like that why but, don't you do um, I'm just wondering if Fish also practices uh, transcendental meditation. You know, my dad does. I, I actually just do regular like mindful exercises and stuff, but I, I don't do the TM. I, I think it's really cool. My dad got me a lot of literature and I read a lot about it. He used to go to the uh, Self-Help Realization Fellowship, you know, Paramahansa Yogananda. They got that place down on Sunset. Yes, uh, yes. That's one of my places. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kidding. So, uh, that, that, that place was... Uh, you know, my dad went a lot, so it definitely had an impact on me, and I definitely read a lot about it. I tried to practice the techniques that they showed, and they just weren't for me, I think. Mm, okay. But well, see, that's what's smart. You, you figure out what works for yourself. You do yoga, um, though. I do yoga, too, man. And I, I kind of, like I said, when I was a kid, I didn't really understand. Well, I played Street Fighter. I just remember Dawson. You know what I mean? He was like the yoga dude, right? I don't sure. know. <laughs> and then I, I didn't like to see Dawson, you know what I mean? So I always kind of like stood away from yoga for a long time you know but once I started it man I mean like I'm not like super uh into it but I definitely like do it every single day just as an exercise to kind of like stretch and kind of feel better when I feel tense too you know and uh um, well, that's a form of meditation right there really yeah yeah definitely and especially you know, if you're, you're, you're breathing you're, you're trying your best not to concentrate on anything you know that's that's one of the the main things is to it uh it's a, what's that Eddie I said it what? gets kind of addicting once you get into it yeah, oh, yeah. It, it definitely does because you realize that there there are itches that can only be scratched by yoga. You, you, you know what I mean? Like when you're like stressed out, there's like only a few things that you can do like immediately and poses you can do immediately that can kind of relieve that stress. Um, <laughs> hey, I want to ask you guys though, have you tried Bikram yoga? No, I have a lot of friends that were into that. Actually, I had some neighbors that were like uh, instructors in that back in the day. I 
I've never tried it. Teach you haven't tried it, have you? I'm not sure that there's it's turkey yogurt, yogurt, and then there's what hafa. <clears throat> what's the other one? Well, there's like a, a several uh, Kundalini, where you do the the you do mantras while you're doing the yoga. But the Bikram right. yoga is the one in the heated room. Okay. Yeah, have you? I, yeah, I I did I did one um, twice where basically I walked out of there and took my shirt and just. <sighs> I've never sweated so much in my life. When you walk in, does it feel like a like a sauna or is it like kind of like a steam room? Um, no, just hot. It's just, just hot. a hot okay. room. Yeah, and okay. when you're doing the yoga, you're you're you know exerting, you're you're working out, and so then when you're having you know, and the room is not super packed, but you know it's not like, you know, there, there's there's a lot of people in the room, so it gets even hotter once everybody starts doing the yoga. Did you? But, uh, um, it's just too boring for me. Ah, okay, okay. Did you did you see <laughs> the uh, Bikram Yoga documentary guy on Netflix? I saw it advertised. Oh man, you gotta watch it, dude. So oh, is the guy it? who actually brought over Bikram Bikram Yoga, his name is fucking Bikram, dude. Okay, that's why it's called Bikram Bikram Yoga, man. Like hot yoga. And then this guy basically like. Um, He's kind of like the Harvey Weinstein of yoga, man. Okay. Oh, that's awful. Yeah, it's like he basically had some, you know, sexual assault charges. But, you know, people are basically just like following this guy. And uh, but at the end of the day, I mean, uh, this guy's crazy, man. He was talking about how, like, there's no way he would rape these chicks because people would pay one million dollars for one drop of my sperm. Oh, wow. <laughs> you know what I mean? So. <laughs> If you watch it on Netflix, man, like it's it's worth the watch, man. Uh, uh, it's the the one on Bikram Yoga. Let me see what the title of it, so you guys can uh, 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 and the audience can look it up. It's called. Uh, Is this guy still around? Yeah, it's he's still around, man. <clears throat> he's still around right now, and basically, like I think he's recently. I saw an article saying he's broke, but he was on the cover of like Rolling Stone. He was he had like. He had fucking one, he had like Ronald Reagan or no, Richard Nixon as one of his apprentices, as one of his students before, man. So like this guy goes around and does like seminars and like, uh, he had one of like the Beatles as like one of his, uh, back in the 60s. So he's been like pulling this like yoga thing, um, you know, since back in the day, man. So it's really, really interesting. Go check it out, man. It's just called Bikram, <clears throat> Yoga Guru Predator. It's on Netflix, basically. Okay. Speaking of documentaries, real quick, if you don't mind me interjecting, yeah, uh, Fantastic Fungi came out today online. Uh -huh. I don't know if you guys have heard of this. Is it about mushrooms, I'm guessing? It's about, yeah, it's about mushrooms. It's a really interesting and informative documentary. I actually got to see it. It premiered uh, like two months ago, and we went and saw it in the theater. Okay. But since then, it, I've been thinking about it, and it, it just premiered. I watched it again, and it's really good. The visuals are beautiful, and the way they explain, like, nature and how things break down and how mushrooms and the mycelial network reacted created underground that we can't even see like is so uh it's like co-evolved with humans and nature over time and how now it continues to help us and how we're using it to like fix the planet save the bees and do all these amazing shit you know with these fucking mushrooms nice. they're pulse gametes if you're not familiar with them you guys totally nice. got to look at his videos online. I actually got to see him in person at Burning Man last year at Lightning in a Bottle. And this year, uh, early in the year, I went to this Envision Festival down in Costa Rica. I was going to ask you. He gave a couple speeches down there, too. And every time I hear him speak, man, he is just inspiring. 
So this movie is like that. You finish the movie afterward, you're like, wow, like this is fucking amazing information. Fantastic wow. Fungi on, uh, it's on uh, Netflix, you said? I don't know if it, no, I don't think it's on Netflix. It, I think if you just uh, Google Fantastic Fungi, it'll, okay. it'll take you to the, to it's the web. It's 100% on Rotten Tomatoes, man. <laughs> yeah, so that's, that tells you something, dude. Yeah, man. Dude, man, whenever they have those like fast uh, speed up, of the mushrooms growing out of the ground, man, that always freaks me out, man. I'm like, there's a lot of that in the movie, <laughs> and it's really beautiful. They get amazing footage because they come out overnight, man. You know, you wake up in the morning and then you're just like, what the fuck? <laughs> grow out of here, man. I was actually watching this uh, uh, TikTok about um, some poisonous mushroom that was like a white mushroom that I guess took some people out in NorCal, and I don't know, they're fascinating me, man. So I'm definitely gonna check that out. Fantastic fungi, man. Hell yeah. Mm -hmm. I follow a lot of mushroom growers on Instagram. There's a <laughs> lot of really cool, interesting people that are on there, actually. Hey, you know, um, I actually took a, a shroom trip pretty recently, man. I mean, it, it was at the beginning of this whole quarantine. I was like, you know what? I'm going to have a couple days. Fuck it, dude. <laughs> <laughs> How was it? Was you know what? Um, <clears throat> I made the tea, uh, and um, I was actually playing shaman again. Um, okay. So I... <laughs> So, like I said, there, there's a couple friends, uh, you know, uh, over, and then uh, it was nice, man. And I feel like sometimes when you're playing shaman, though, you can't really 100% like let loose because you're kind of responsible. Dude, you're working. Yeah, exactly, yeah. right? I don't know if you feel that way, but um, so I didn't really see that many visuals while everybody else was kind of like tripping out. But, um, you know, it's nice to just kind of, uh, I don't know, it's nice to uh, uh, when you're tripping with people that haven't had as much experience to make sure they don't go crazy to kind of watch out for them it's nice yeah that, i think that's good i think as like somebody that's introducing people into to entheogens i think it's good to be responsible and maybe not go the full way and kind of hold back a little just to make sure that everybody's you know okay you know yeah now um when you i look forward to, to experimenting again at some point it's just that you know as a <clears throat> as a father and it, it, during this time you know i just I got too many things going on um, and I would much rather be in a, a place in my life where I have, you know, maybe a couple of weeks where I don't have any responsibilities where I can just, you know, uh, actually enjoy the, uh, the experiment. Um, because I, I tried mushrooms back uh, the last time would have been, oh, wow. I mean, okay. About 30 years ago. Oh my God. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's been a while. Um, maybe, maybe 30, 33, 32, 33. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Long time ago. It's definitely, um, I think, a different experience at this point in your life. I think every like five or 10 years, you know, the type of experience I have with these substances is different because I'm at a different point in my life. So I have a different perspective going into it. And right. it gives me well, the other times it would have been appropriate. It just wasn't around or whoever had it, I didn't trust or, <clears throat> you know, like, Oh, I'm man, from dude. Florida, you know. I, I I didn't grow up out here in California, where you know you got probably a couple of different buddies that have a couple of different strains of of mushrooms that are probably all good. Yeah. Meanwhile, I'm in Florida and I'm getting some crap that you know someone brought from here probably, and who knows what they've done to it. Sure. <laughs> I had a guy sell shiitake mushrooms to my friend at a rave, and I looked at him I'm like, dude, man, come on, bro, come on, man, you're Asian, bro, you should. <laughs> You should know these are not psychedelic, man. What'd you think? He sold you all caps, man. <laughs> oh, boy. You know, so, uh, but no, I mean, I, 
I think uh, you're totally right, Fish. Um, you know, when, I, when I've been having my recent mushroom trips, I don't have as many questions about myself or the universe as much. So it's, I'm kind of just waiting for things or thoughts to kind of arrive into my ethos instead of uh, putting out a vibration out there uh, into the universe saying, like, I have this question I want to kind of ponder on before, um, before I start uh, shroom tripping, you know? Um, when I was younger, I would always have these moments where I'm like, oh man, I feel so bad. I'm such a shitty kid. I got to call my mom. <laughs> you know, I would always have these. Yeah, like, I've done that before. I, I've called my mom during a psychedelic experience to tell her I love her. I'm like, mom, thank you so much for everything you do for me. Like, I'm so grateful. Without you, you know, I wouldn't have gotten to this point in my life. Because she's, you know, bailed me out of jail and done all kinds of shit that, you know, mom shouldn't have to do, but she's been there to do it, you know, so. <clears> yeah, man. Props and to your mom, man. That's awesome. Yeah, indeed. It's weird, though. It's like the mushroom makes you think of things that maybe uh, you've been ignoring. Like I said, if you, if I was in college when I did this, and I just felt the urge to call my mom. I was just like, yeah, I'm sorry, I'm a shitty kid, <laughs> you know. And um, I think later on, uh, you know, it would, um, when I got out of college in a different period of time in my life, I would start to reminisce on friends that I hadn't talked to in a while, you know. So it definitely, in different phases of your life, I think uh, a mushroom trip uh changes and i don't know if you ever read that study i mean we talked about it last time how john hopkins said that even one time doing mushrooms in your life can greatly benefit your life right so um, you know I, I definitely feel like um i don't get as much of it out of it nowadays as i did back in when i was younger but it's still like a positive experience every single time actually paul stamets was joking with uh with people at uh, during his talk this last time at envision and he was saying like that should be your tinder question like have you done psychedelic mushrooms? Because if not, I, I forgot how I phrased it, but you know, you could be a much kinder person if you had or something like that. Yeah, I mean, even if you're a kind person already, I feel like it's like, hey man, like, uh, you, you know, it's, it's good to kind of step outside of your, uh, your own mind for a little bit too. Uh, but hey man, I wanted to ask you about what, besides the mushroom trip, uh, or sorry, the mushroom talk at Envision, man, how's Costa Rica, man? I mean, uh, this oh, is- Oh, it was so pura vida, man, it was so beautiful. Everybody out there was really nice. I mean, the only complaint, if, if I could call it that, would be that is it's as expensive or slightly more expensive than California. Mm. So they have all the same stuff. I can get, you know, actually they had really good kombucha in a can with CBD in it. It had like 100 milligrams of CBD. Nice. So I drink that every morning for breakfast. Um, they had great vegan food everywhere. The weather was a little warm, but it was beautiful. Like it only rained one day the whole time I was out there. And we climbed up to waterfalls. We saw like all kinds of exotic birds, toucans, wild boars, all kinds of shit, like right in the neighborhood we were staying in because we were way up a mountain. Nice. Was there music there or was it kind of like, a, were there DJs and stuff like that too? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There was definitely a, a mix of bands and music and speakers and yoga classes and all kinds of food. And it's kind of a different festival from other festivals because um, they don't give you plates. Well, they do give you plates, but there's no, well, Last year, it was all you had to bring your own plate and your own mm -hmm. fork and knife. This year, they just lent it to you, but then there's no trash. People just wash the fork and knives and, you know, use them again, which is kind of nice. And at six in the morning, while the music's still playing, they open the doors of the beach. Mm. So the beach is about uh, 50 feet away from the festival from one of the gates. So you've been hot, sweating all night, dancing, and the sun comes up and you dance a little more, and then you go down to the beach and swim around and, like, you know, kick it on the beach. It's like low tide. So the beach is really long and the waves are really soft and the sun is still really low in the sky. So it's not baking hot. It's pretty nice. Yeah. 
Nice, man. Nice. Uh, you just put a nice picture of what I want to do when we get out of this whole mess. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? It's like, I feel really good. It's nice you were able to do that before this all set in, man. Yeah, I'm so grateful, dude. I went to like a couple of music festivals already this year. I already got to go to Costa Rica. I went to Mexico. I got to go to EDC in Mexico because oh, some of my friends yeah. are DJing out there. So you, you couldn't work already. This I went to Crossed, man. It was really cool, actually. I don't know if you ever San heard Diego? of San Diego? Yeah. <clears throat> they had they had a uh, – Carl Cox was spinning, first of all. Okay. Uh, that, mm -hmm. that night. And they also had some uh, – uh, Charlotte DeWitt. I don't know if you ever heard. She's like a techno sure. DJ. I know her. Uh, you know, Rufus Dussault was kind of like doing their thing. I'm not a big fan of uh, Rufus Dussault's voice. Uh, the, the Me neither. Vocalist, you know. But, you know, it was a cool vibe. But I realized, I'm like, San Diego is kind of interesting for partying, man. Like, there's a lot of techno heads out there. And then <clears throat> there's, like, the house head. But they kind of have their own. Um, you know, Coachella has their own kind of, like, dress. They wear the big hats and the sundresses, right? In San Diego, Cross, the people like to wear, like, animal print like suits man it's kind of <laughs> really yeah it's like uh it's What's kind of like douchey man like you know what i mean but uh but really <laughs> I, I, I was actually surprised it didn't get canceled because literally it was like the weekend right before, right before. Everything, everything hit there was two cases of coronavirus uh at cross apparently but they were oh, from shit. traveling but who knows man like you know it, um, that's a little closer comfort yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, it's good thing I didn't like talk to anybody. At the you know, it's funny. You were mentioning Carl Cox. My buddy Danny actually got me on Carl Cox's VIP list for EDC for Friday, and oh, then I was on Twelve Planets backstage left for Saturday. Well, it's. I'm pretty sure it's going to be uh, postponed now, right? Well, no, it was the uh, EDC Mexico. Like oh, EDC Mexico. Three weeks ago. Okay. Yeah, it was like three weeks ago or something. Dude, how was nice. it? I mean, I mean, was uh, it? Uh, was it? How is it compared to? Electric Daisy Carnival uh, in Las Vegas. Well, it ends at 2 a.m., so mm. that's a pretty big difference, right? Okay, okay. And I feel like the Mexican rave culture isn't, at least on the mainstream tip, isn't as developed. Like, uh, yeah. I'd say at EDC in, in, in Vegas, 9 out of 10 kids are in costume, you know? In Mexico, it's like 1 out of 10. Yeah, you know, I have some friends that uh, went and teach remember we went to um what was the festival we went to in Amsterdam? open air open air fe <clears throat> festival that's basically like the so it's kind of like the same type of festival the same type of music you know edc um mexico but yeah you know my friends that are there, because mexico has a, such a strong music culture man they have their own like la banda you know i mean all these different types of music man so like and there's tons of fish you would have liked open air it was vegan when we were there oh yeah you were mentioning that oh i love that you know <laughs> how was it you know usually like i went to you know this the costa rica festival about uh two-thirds of the food was vegan but my friends that went with me that weren't vegan were eating it and they were like this is the best shit i ever had like fuck if i could eat like this every day i wouldn't eat meat it was really fucking delicious. It was like really like next level. They did, they did have some good vegan food there. I'll, I'll give them that. Um, I was still a little bit hungry though when we left. <laughs> I hear you. You need to eat like massive quantities of vegan food in order to get full, man. I don't know. I'm just, especially if you're like, for me, it's like when I get stoned, man, and I start to eat, man, I, I got to keep on going, man. And I feel like for <laughs> vegan food, I can just eat the whole fucking restaurant. You, you know what I mean? <laughs> you know? At these festivals, I usually end up drinking coffee, which is something I don't usually do. Mm. And that keeps me kind of going. And I'll do a lot of juices. 
I don't like to eat if I'm gonna be dancing because I don't like to take big fat dumps in those porta potties. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I, I don't mind going and peeing over and over, but vegan food goes right through you. And if you're eating a lot of that, dude, you're gonna visit the restroom a couple of times. And they don't always, you know, if you don't have the VIP band and you're not going to the backstage restrooms, it can get a little rough out there. So, <laughs> no, you're right, man. And sometimes experience, you know, I stick to the juices, coffee. You know, I'll eat a little to, to keep my stomach full of stuff, but I, I'll eat like a bunch of like energy bars and shit like that. <laughs> Have you ever experienced the bathroom to be a portal, basically? Because like, you know, you're you're you took your acid and then you go to the you go to the uh the bathroom. Portal potty? Yeah, porta potty, and then you know you go pee and then you come out and it's an entirely different fucking world. You're like, where the fuck am I? <laughs> oh yeah. So you have I always have my little clip light with me, which is a like a, a real weird thing to have because you're looking and it's like it's so nasty in here fuck you don't know what to do you know what i mean yeah you know what's crazy at burning man it's kind of weird even though the porta potties are nasty it's so dry that it doesn't like really stink you know what i mean i don't uh, yeah by the last day it stinks a lot yeah by the last day it stinks a lot for sure man yeah but, but you're right you're right it's like the weather you know uh but you can't take like a midday shit in the fucking porta potties there either because they're right in the sun. They don't put, like, shade on them or anything. So yeah. It's like a hot box. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> How is it in yeah. Costa Rica, man? I mean, like, you know, the hippies are kind of dirty, man. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> So I feel really blessed. Uh, uh, my friend from college actually runs the VIP cabana area. And she gives uh. me the VIP access wristband thing. So I get to use the restrooms that are actually, like, a toilet, like, an air-conditioned uh, bungalow. <laughs> like toilets that are like have doors and like it smells like lavender yeah and there's a nice. guy actually right outside that comes inside and cleans each restroom like every five minutes nice nice man this is so, a high-end festival man it was luxury I, oh everybody else doesn't usually get to access those it's only for like the artists and the vips i see but, I like see. you know I'm, I'm well you know i i'm really lucky that i grew up meet, hanging out with people that ended up being really cool people and you know show me a lot of love well, shit, man. I mean, that's how we feel about you, too, man, coming on the show and everything. Yeah, speaking of which, um, thank you for um, uh, introducing me uh, to uh, Sir Cub. Oh, yeah, um, that's my homie, I, dude. I checked out his work, and uh, like, awesome um, wild-style throwaway type combos. Um, uh, like, old-school stuff is, you know, I mean, but uh, what was really, really cool is consistent freeway crushing like trains he was like a hardcore bomber he was like up as a motherfucker when you know his uh his heyday you know obviously everybody gets older and they can't keep it up for like you know fucking 30 years but you know well or as consistently obviously he still paints he never stopped painting but when he was like really like actively trying to kill it like when we were out there and we were like really fucking crushing illegal shit that man was a madman, you know. He fucking painted like a motherfucker. I got nothing but respect for him, and he's a and, uh, super nice guy. I'm looking. The, at uh, if you guys want to check out who I'm talking about, um, it's underscore Sir S I R underscore K U B underscore. Um, he also is doing a uh, a podcast now. Um, it's uh, the Graffiti Machine Podcast. This guy's just getting started, so. Um, Check them out, man. Nice, man. Um, Dude, their aesthetic is way better than my, my fucking. <laughs> Wait, I had that blurry. Oh, yeah. There we go. Yeah, hell yeah, man. It's always nice to see like 
there's this underground network, man, that we kind of just all keep in touch, man. I think it's like a relief from the fucking mainstream media, man. Like, straight up, if you watch the news, like, just 24-7 and you just consume that shit, you're going to fucking go crazy, man. You, you know what I mean? And, it's you know, that's why we want to keep this show going, guys, you know? And the other day it was raining all day and I kind of, like, didn't go out. I'm like, nah, I'm just going to stay home. And I watched a little too much news. <laughs> and I, I low-key started getting anxiety i'm like yo this is like too much because i watched like deutsche journal then bbc then a little bit of fox just to see what they were talking about and i just you know i kept flipping and flipping you're smoking um, <laughs> you're getting the eye yeah. paranoid you're like fuck the apocalypse that day. yeah man i mean yeah like well you know what hopefully uh you know a lot of people will realize that these are the times that, like I was saying earlier, artists and entertainers, this is when we look to people like this, you know, you get, we're having to shut down for, you know, it's going to be another month of this. Imagine if and, there were no artists and there was no stuff to keep people entertained <laughs> and there was only news, man. You, you know what I mean? Like imagine if there was no music, no books, no porn, no whatever the fuck everybody do, like doesn't consider People are always talking about, oh, artists, like, what are they fucking good for, man? <laughs> you know, I mean, this is the time, man. Like, some artists that are, I, I'm sure, you know, this, they're taking the time to create, man. Like, I, I was saying, I've already written four tracks this year. And my oh, album- yeah, I heard that last one. It was really solid. I meant to give you a critique, but we'll talk about that later. <laughs> it, was, it was a little well put together, though. It sounded good. It sounded like somewhere between, like, UK Bass House and, like, Dirty Bird. Like, dude, thanks, man. I, I, I released it on, my, uh, on the last episode. Dude, man. I, you know what I have like a before I was always looking for like a <clears throat> you know at the end of the day you, you understand this from a visual perspective if you show somebody that doesn't understand art hey look I painted this or the majority of your friends man if, if they don't do it on some level they're just gonna say cool and as an artist like you you kind of don't want I mean you want people to enjoy it but you also need some feedback some specific you know what I mean? And I found Fish to be like one of the best dudes to bounce music ideas off of actually, because uh, as he's been a DJ before. And so he understands just some song structures or like, all right, you're using that fucking sound too much. It's kind of annoying um, or, or whatever. And I'm like, dude, thank you for telling me something because I'm so goddamn tired of like just hearing, wow, cool, because- uh, Sounds good. <laughs> it's yeah. like, if it sounds good, then why am I fucking not like uh the number one d i mean i'm not really aiming to be the number one dj in the world but you know what right. I, yeah yeah you know. no i know what you mean you know i feel really lucky one of the only good things you know because uh i obviously did a lot of graffiti on the street before i ever went back to school but once i went back to school we had to sit through critiques critiques every fucking week you know what i mean like put up your painting and then your the peers are going to rip it apart basically but you learn to not to take things personal and you learn to be able to talk about the work itself. You're not critiquing the artist. You're saying, hey, man, look, this is what you're doing strong. This is what's not working in your painting. You've got to resolve this part. It's too loose right here. Like, it's not reading, you know? And at first, it kind of hurts when you hear it. And as an artist, like, oh, this guy destroyed my painting. But it's like, no, man, did you listen to what he said? Like, this part is unresolved right here. Like, it doesn't make sense, you know? When yeah. you're able to, like... Uh, be open to people's critiques like that you can grow so much more because it's like oh shit you're getting another perspective like shit i didn't see it from that perspective you're totally right this is fucking not done i need to fix this and it'll yeah. fucking fix. you know yeah. so 
I mean, it, everybody it, needs to be humble. Every artist needs to be humble. Even if you're brilliant, you need to be humble and be open to people. You know, not everyone's going to love your shit, but your friends that you trust and they actually give you an honest critique, listen to them. You know what I mean? They care. And if, honestly, if, if you're an artist and you can't handle somebody critiquing or even criticizing your work, you need to take some fucking mushrooms, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bring it full circle, you know what I mean? Because you know what? The mushrooms are probably going to tell you you're such a piece of shit, man. You need to fucking lighten up, you know, you know what I mean? Like, it's definitely humbling I, teachers. They have a lot of lessons and being humble is one of them. Yeah, man, that ego death—that ego death is serious, man. I mean... It, it, it can actually, you know what, let me ask you guys, have you ever dealt with imposter syndrome, <clears throat> actually? Um, I'm not sure I know what that is. Well, basically, for me, I've actually dealt with this uh, a little bit early on in my life, um, you, you know, where you feel like, oh, man, I'm actually getting some good success, but I don't deserve the success, or who the fuck am I to be, um, to be uh, uh, deserving this? Like, you, you know, you, when you're actually getting some traction, um, you don't believe in your own success, actually, and you don't believe you belong there. It's called imposter syndrome. <clears throat> um, I'm just wondering. When I was younger, I had that. Mm. I had that. I actually start. I did. <clears throat> when I was younger and better looking, um, I had a, uh, a little bit of a uh, photo modeling career. And there was a point in time where I was invited to go to a convention. And at this convention, I did really well. And I just remember being there going, who the fuck am I? Like, I, you know, I, and so that's, that's what you're talking about. Yeah. You know, it's like, I don't know if I necessarily belong here, but then, you know, it kind of helped, you know, reassure me that, uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm, I, wondering, uh, I I'm wondering if it's because of uh, a lot of the ego death and a lot of the psychedelics that you do. I'm just curious if you ever thought about this. It kind of destroys your confidence in saying like, hey, I'm nothing actually. So when you actually do achieve some successes, it's like actually hard for you to accept that. I don't know if you guys ever thought about it that way, but I definitely, I feel like the drugs, uh, you, when I was like younger in my life, it kind of like destroyed my ego in that point where I, I was hanging around people who didn't have uh, positive networks and then I would feel like, oh, well, it's because of this that I'm successful because I was hanging around some fucking losers that were actually, um, you know, just th always thinking like, oh yeah, life, it's, it's actually a competition to see whose life sucks more, you know what I mean? So um, I don't know, it's just something I wanted to share. I think it's something interesting that uh, I went through um, when I, I For me, when I was doing, I, I mean, I smoked pot back in, in uh, like high school and uh, dropped acid a few times, uh, did a tiny bit of cocaine. But for me, um, I think drugs uh, probably help uh, save my ass a little bit because they shut me up. Mm. They, I, was, I was this guy that was just make an idiot out of himself, not even knowing it. And um, drugs uh, kind of helped me to become more aware of how much of an asshole I was being. And um, in a way that, you know, like, I did it with somebody, and it kind of helped bond me with them. And then they would open up and tell me, like, "Hey, you're, you know, you're acting like an asshole, and you're, you know." And whereas before I was doing anything, I was just like bouncing off the fucking walls and thinking that everyone, you know, something's wrong with everyone else, and um, not really understanding that it was me the whole time, you know. Um, so luckily. 
but you know, there's, yeah, yeah, I got lucky with how it worked out for me. You know, some of my friends that had the addictive uh, gene it destroyed them, you know? Yeah, that's so, what I'm saying. I don't want to say like, hey, drugs are all good, do drugs. I mean, you know, for whoever, if you're, if you're like a younger kid listening right now, because they have reached out to us, my fish, you know, I was saying that earlier, they, they listen to podcasts and I want to be like, hey, do drugs, they're all good because hey, everybody's different, man. And there's no way fucking, we can know like who the fuck, you know, he responds to it. But at the end of the day, you want to make sure like your core circle, man, is positive. I think that's what teacher's saying too. Somebody's a positive influence on you. That's going to tell you like, hey man, you're being a jackass or hey man, you deserve fucking the success. I had those friends who told me like, hey, yeah, man, you know, you don't yeah, need to me too. Exactly. up um, over, over this kind of stuff. You deserve it, you know? So, so I, I think my insecurities went a little differently. I, uh, I came to the States as an undocumented immigrant. And so I had all the insecurities that that kind of brings up, like not having papers, even though I didn't understand what these papers were. I knew we didn't have them because of that. We couldn't necessarily do things everybody else did. And I, I kind of gave me like a weird cultural identity because within the, uh, Hispanic community, people considered me like a little bit too white because of the way I spoke. And I grew up in a very secular part of town where my interactions were people all over, from all over the world, not necessarily just brown people. So I was never Chicano enough or I was never brown enough to hang with a lot of the people that I could have, should have, would have fit in with, right? And then it wasn't until I started like, uh, you know, I was really lucky in high school. I had a teacher that really, like a Latin American studies teacher that really explored that in depth. And that's kind of when I found my self-identity. But at the same time, that's kind of when I found my graffiti crew. And it's, it was both a blessing and a curse that some of these guys were the best up and coming graffiti writers in LA when we were just kids. And that gave me a false sense of importance because I was affiliated with them and they were from my crew. So it actually gave me kind of this weird chip on my shoulder between my late teens and early twenties. And then it was through a very strong psychedelic experience that I actually became I guess re reborn as fish because that's around the time I gave up my old identity and uh, you know started this new thing where I kind of started from the beginning you know I was I, instead of like even though at the time I was doing pieces and like full burners I decided you know what I'm gonna just make like a basic tagging name and I started tagging a lot and then I started doing throw-ups and outlines and then pieces and I kind of like started from scratch even though it was at an earlier point and uh yeah, my, my, my experience was very, it was very beautiful. And then it turned very dark. And it really showed me that I wasn't what I thought I was and that I should really think, you know, that I hadn't earned this ego that I carried with me. You know what I mean? And that I should really earn my stripes, man. you know? And I think that goes back to the, what I was talking about, um, the imposter syndrome, man. You put it so eloquently, man. Earning that ego that you're carrying with you, man. Because, you know, you need cough. Everybody needs an ego, man. You can't say... If you say you have yeah. an ego, man, I mean, at the end of the day, you have a little bit, like, you, you, or else you wouldn't be alive, man. There, you, you know what I mean? You like, can't yeah, let it control exactly. your actions. You got to keep the ego in check. You know what I yes. mean? That, that's really the important part. Just being able to not let the ego take control of like, oh, you know, no, no. Put that back in your back pocket. It can, it can give you a little opinion here and there, but. You might sure need it one day, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah. Yeah, you might need that. You have self-worth and self-confidence. You need to know what you're worth. If you put in the work and you're fucking decent honest person then you know you're allowed to act like you know hey i'm a valuable human being you know Definitely. so and then think that you know but 
but definitely you're, you're not better than anybody else. Even if you're the most active graffiti writer, or even no. if you're the most, you know, blowing up artist, you're selling out the most shows right now. You know, that, you know, you're lucky that you're having a good moment right now. Good for you. Pat on the shoulder, you know, to keep up the good work. But, you know, everything is temporary. Life is temporary. Your success is temporary. You know, people's attention span is temporary. So just remember that, you know, you're just another person doing your thing. Hey, I wanted to ask you, man, we talked to TK out in New York um, from Up Magazine. And then uh, basically he uh, was saying that during this period of time that graffiti is kind of like flourishing right now in New York because of like the whole COVID-19. I mean, like, uh, I, I kind of feel that way that's going on right here now. I saw some trains the other day, like pretty bombed the other day, you know what I mean? And uh, oh, I, yeah. it, it, I, I think I, the train yards are really active right now because you, you kind of keep that distance from another, even if you see some other guys painting down the line, you walk several trains over to paint your own thing, you know? <laughs> so I think if I think definitely trains are getting smashed right now, for sure. There's social distancing uh, while, while tagging it up. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You get out of your house, stretch your legs a little bit, you know, kill that fucking stir craziness a little bit. Yeah, but I don't well, know. Plus, if here, in, uh, here in L.A. now, I believe it is that um, <clears throat> they don't take you in anymore. Right. It's not priority. Yeah. Yeah. You, I, have, to I be, like... uh, you have to be a danger to society in order to be uh, incarcerated. So, you know, guys might be, you know, a little bit more <laughs> brave about going out and, and hitting things up and especially you know i mean you got to wonder what a cop's gonna do if he's coming towards you and you start going <laughs> <laughs> well one yeah, thing i can cough really good because i smoke weed so I can, I can like give up nasty cough if i need to you know that's exactly man i'm like i feel that way too i'm like it's always wet man i smoke weed it's okay it's not a dry cough <laughs> you know but hey man i mean I bet you people are staying out of the fucking tunnels because, dude, maybe COVID nineteen's all up in that bitch, you know, you know, in the sewer tunnels, man. You, you know, because <laughs> it definitely makes you think twice where you go and what you do. You know, like I said, I crept out a little bit the other day, and it was like, I was like, should I do this? Wait, no, I shouldn't do that. You know, I really thought a lot. I was much more uh, self aware and conscientious about all my movements. I mean, who could good have man? That's good. Yeah. Who could have thought that a fucking invisible virus is going to crash our whole fucking economy, dude? Oh, there's, there's been people that have predicted it. You know, I mean, people have, have yeah. predicted this shit and everything. Um, I've a lot of NPR. There's, there's a lot of stuff. There's, like, TV shows that are coming out and movies that are about this, like, the exact same topic. I mean, we've been – but here's the thing. What I'm trying to say is, like, people predict things all the time. Like, people predict the big one earthquake. You know what I mean? So everybody gets prepared. It's like nobody was prepared – at all for this fucking for wall street to be like completely like yeah. <laughs> no not right now no we weren't we we're just too busy by trying to get great again um but uh you know now we're gonna have to you know it's a whole new equation you know so things were getting way too fucking expensive man to be let's just i mean like this is a way that, that it kind of corrects things man because it's like who's gonna fucking want to buy um like I said, who's going to want to go? Oh, dude, here's an example for you. Uh, I just got, got contacted by my gal one of my galleries earlier today. And they're like, uh, hey, you know, everybody come pick up your artwork. Uh, we're going to be closing until who knows when. And wow. this is one of the top galleries in town. Wow. Jeez, man. I mean, you know, what I'm trying to say is, like, things are getting really, really expensive, man. Like, if you want to go see the fucking Stones, it's like 400 bucks, man. You, you know? And it's just like, we were living like that's really normal for a long time, man. You know? And it's like, dude, 
since their lifetime, it was like 10 bucks to see the stones, man. I mean, this is like a crazy, at this, now, now it's kind of like, it's kind of evening out, man. You know, nobody's going to want to go to these concerts after this because they don't want to get COVID-19. And I just think it's kind of crazy that, uh, um, I'll tell you one thing, uh, like I said in the last podcast, um, uh, I hope one of the things that changes is uh, how teachers uh, are treated. Because a lot of folks like this guy here and a lot of people I know are having to homeschool their kids and it's tough, you know. They're doing a good uh, job, especially with the group of kids. Can you imagine a bunch of kids and like some, you know, some teachers are lucky because all their parents of the kids like have like some order, discipline, rules at the house, but some parents aren't even there. Some parents are drug addicts or in prison. And if you got a bunch of those kids in your class, it must be a very difficult dynamic. So those fucking teachers are like extra, extra heroes, not to disrespect any teacher. They're all heroes, but he, you know, teachers that deal with like, more difficult situations, whether it be people, you know, with more like learning disabilities or whatever it is that makes it that much more difficult for, to keep control, to, to make sure that, you know, everyone's keeping up, you know? At least 24 kids, at least 24. Yeah, right, at least. <laughs> yeah, and now, you know what, James was telling me that over in, in, in China, um, teachers are, looked upon much differently than they are here they're much Over more respected in china and, yeah, and, and you know that they respect their elders as well yeah i mean i, I think in china like there's a uh, teacher's day basically and it's not just some bullshit corporate holiday basically you, you know it's like like you know you know my parents grew up like really really respect happy endings for all teachers no <laughs> <laughs> I, I think i think uh you know this i heard actually um that uh, some of my friends, their parents are teachers, and I heard that it's like all the money that every, you know, that gets taxed to go to like administrators that actually like tell the teachers how to do their jobs. It's just kind of like check marks these days of like <clears throat> what you did. And then you, you know, you just like your example of how you made, uh, you got, almost got in trouble because some, you know, 12 year old kids made a complaint basically, right? So it's kind of just like, you know, every teacher, they just kind of check the boxes and they have to spend so much money on their own supplies and things like that, because there's a lot of it going into the administrators, actually. I don't know. I don't know too much about it, but, um, you know, shout out to the teachers, man, because uh, uh, they do a hard thing, you know, and, you know, in my life, I can think of a few good teachers that were really cool um, that, that stick out to me, man. And I think, you know, most people, uh, you know, if they have one man, it's it's a really positive influence in their life. You know, I went to LA City College before I transferred to UC Riverside. And at LACC, when I was there, I remember there was a president that was embezzling a lot of money with the construction. And I was actually student body vice president. So I had to go to all these meetings and we'd go to downtown or the building in downtown. And it's right off of like Third and Figueroa. It's like a fucking penthouse, this whole fucking building. Like, they don't need that fancy fucking building in downtown. And they do that so they can eat at the fancy places around there and put it on the fucking check. You know, I want to throw LAUSD under the bus. The way they spend their money on rent for fucking expensive fancy buildings versus fucking paying the teachers, it's disgraceful, dude. The way the fucking administrators Agreed. in those schools fucking line their pockets, it's it's sad. It sucks, dude. There's a bunch Agreed. of fucking going down down there. And that's what I'm saying, man. That's why whenever they vote to get like, hey, we, we need more money for the teachers. It's always for the children and for the, 
I never feel like it's going to it, man. I'm like, we've been voting for more money for the teachers for like fucking 20 years, man. Like, <laughs> you know, well, they, they had to strike, they had to strike um, last year. You know, it was, it was ridiculous. When I was in high school at Fairfax, I was the student body president, right? So one day I fucking, they told me, hey, you're gonna, they're gonna come record the school. You gotta be available at 9 a.m., okay? And I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, whatever. I totally forgot, you know, in one year out the other. Next morning, I was right about to ditch school, fucking took some acid, was walking out of the hall, took, grabbed me from the shoulder, like, hey, the camera people are here. You gotta go do this thing. And I'm like, uh, okay. And so what they made me do is there was Proposition BB, which stood for Better Buildings. I made them, I, like, I walked them around the school and showed them like, oh, look, our bathroom's all fucked up. Look at this, it's all fucked up. That's all fucked up. And I did it all spun out on acid, right? I fucking did it for like an hour and a half. So thank you very much, gave me back the mic and still ditched school. I was like, I'm out of here, you know? Like softers. <laughs> Fuck, dude, it was crazy. But what was weirder was that like, uh, this was on KLCS class television in LA. It's like PBS, but fucking LA USD runs a channel. And they play the commercial like 10 times a day. So all my parent, all my friends' parents would, you know, would come on, they'd see it. So I'd come to people's houses, they'd be like, hey, I saw you on TV. And I'd be like, uh, like mortified, you know? So anyway, the bill passed. And then instead of taking the money, like all this billion dollars to like spread it around the schools to fix the schools, they spent it all on this Belmont Learning Complex, this new high school, which they ended up building on like a gas field. It was like methane gas. So they couldn't even fucking build it. Or they spent oh, all the money to build it, it was built but they couldn't like make it operate for like five years while they like retrofitted and gassed it out and everything. It was just a big corrupt piece of bullshit. And then anyway. some real estate fucking deal, right? Totally oh dude. God. For that kind of shit, you know? Jeez, man. I mean, that's, that's what I'm trying to say, man. I, I, you know, it's just such, uh, as a kid, I was always like, felt, you know, remember when like the person from the administrator would come sit at the back of the class and they would like, yeah, like audit the class. <laughs> they would like watch her teacher like do her job and shit, and she would take down notes. I always felt like that person was a narc, man. Even <laughs> even as a kid, you know, I'm like, dude, man, she's doing fine. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you're gonna go and tell on the fucking like su superintendent or something. <laughs> yeah, what a crappy job. Yeah, it's true though, man. Just handling a bunch of kids. Uh, you know, I'm not. I mean, it is hard though to do quality control because I remember, like, uh, both in every level of school, I had some teachers that really cared. And that, like, you got a lot out of the class. Like, you kind of missed them afterwards. Like, fuck, I wish I still had that teacher. And there's other teachers that were yep. just phoning it in. You know, they're just like, read that. Here's the test. I don't give a fuck. I'm getting my paycheck. I'm going to get out of here. You know what I mean? So yeah. there, it's hard to get that quality control. I wish there was you know, a better system than some dude in the back, like watching the teacher, like, oh, is he doing the fucking curriculum? Well, maybe if they got paid more, you know, yeah. if they got paid more, you'd have more people, people trying like to vie for that job, and yeah. then you'd have more, you know, checks and balances. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you I mean, know. More quality they, people would be attracted to it. I mean, not that there's not amazing quality people doing it, but more of them would want to do that. Less dupe shits that just wanted a paycheck would fucking be up in there. <clears throat> Well, okay, let's just say, like, let's just take it to the, the next professional level, the professor, right? Because the high school teacher, let's just say that's kind of like um, uh, the general level. If you want to be more PhD, more kind of like master at something, you go to that next level. I mean, to be honest, I didn't really have that many college professors that really like cared, They're like that you connected with. They were just a person that administered the fucking test. They were worried about their own research and things like that. You know, I mean, so it's like, 
there's not really a focus on like the education actually it's more on the uh, the research in college too you, you know so yeah, you know what that's so interesting because like i was in the art department so it's a little different they're not necessarily doing the research but you're right the interactions i had with some of the adjunct teachers that's where i learned the most the dudes that were like getting paid the, the part-time guys that were just teaching the fucking one class they had the most insight they were delving deep they were pushing us like the most and some of the guys like uh john Devolove. I took a bunch of photo classes with this guy and he's like one of the most important photographers that the United States has produced in the 20th century, right? He was just phoning it in. He did not give a fuck. If it wasn't for me going to his office hours like every other day and literally sitting in his fucking office like, yo, I didn't get it. How do I do this? And him like clicking on the computer with me, that class would have been a wash. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, it took your own personal kind of like gumption to go and get your education. <laughs> you know, I feel really blessed, fortunate, that I actually went a little later than a lot of the kids that I was in class with. A lot of them, it was the first time out, the first time getting laid, the first time getting drunk, the first time having parties, like the first time like 13th living, grade. right? I was already like into my fucking getting into my thirties. I didn't give a fuck about partying with any of these douchey little kids. I wanted to learn. So in class, I was there early. I sat in the front. I'd like, I'd tell the teacher the first day of class, like, hey, I need to get an A in this class. What do I have to do, you know? And they fucking tell me. And it's like, I'd go above and beyond because I was old enough to realize the value of what they were giving me for what I could get from that versus like, oh, fucking college, party, spring break, you know? I don't, I, I firmly believe that Americans, we need to take a gap year like in Europe, man. Like, you know what I mean? Get your fucking shits and giggles out, man. You can get a gap year in fucking California, dude. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, or Mexico, you don't gotta go all the way to Europe. Just go see something outside of your own little town, your own little world for a minute. Yeah, man, it, yeah, exactly. But, you know, I think, Back to the point, it, if high school doesn't go well, I mean, you don't even have an opportunity to go to college, you, you know, and I mean, you're basically like fucked and we do need to pay those teachers, like, even though they're not like doing research at universities, you, you know what I mean? So I don't know, man, I'm not the person to fix it, but you know, this, like I said, it's, it's a huge yeah, I feel really privileged to take advantage of the system the best I could, you know, considering all the obstacles and whatnot, like I try to just work the fuck out of it, you know? Yeah, man. I mean, um, hey, man, I know you're a, a big Bernie supporter, man. I, I, you know, and he wants to give everybody free education, man. How how are you feeling about the current, like, uh, situation, man, with Biden and everything like I that? I mean, realistically, hopefully, like, I know it's a little late, you know, it's a little late in the game. But more people will be like, hey, you know, maybe this universal health care would be a lot more fucking convenient. Especially, <laughs> you know. Once, like, people start foreclosing on their homes and all this kinds of shit because they can't pay for the medical bills from this fucking COVID-19 could be the thing that gets everybody to understand a little bit better what the hell he's talking about. You know, Speaking I was... Of Bernie, uh, let me show you something. Take this little thing out. Nice. Are those pins or a patch? Oh, dude, it's like the Great Dead. Is that acid? Maybe. <laughs> it is. Holy shit, that's a sheet of acid. Allegedly. Sanders, <laughs> motherfucker. Oh, <laughs> yeah, man. So I'm definitely a Bernie supporter. I saw that. I'm like, I can't pass that up. I need to have that. So I do. <laughs> you know what, though? I want to. You know what, I was looking at just back in the history books, actually, man. And you know what, I was like actually studying, uh, I was watching this documentary by 
Ken Burns on the, the Dust Bowl. I don't know how much you guys know about the Dust Bowl during that period of time. It's I like, love Ken Burns. Yeah, I know somewhat about the Dust Bowl. During this period of time in the Midwest, I mean, they had grown crops on the same area so much that all the nutrients of the soil was gone. They knew no better. Right. So basically, then there was like a bunch of hurricanes or, you know, tornadoes or something drought, like that. Yeah, and wind, wind conditions. So during this period of time, I thought it was really interesting because, I mean, uh, they all had to kind of work together. They all had to wear masks too, you know what I mean? And they all had to kind of share all their uh, bare basics because, I mean, whenever the, one of these dust storms hit, it was just like, you know, apocalypse, basically, black dust just covering everything, you know? <clears throat> and I thought it was an interesting time that Americans also worked together. But I was um, studying it and I was like looking at it and it said that H Herbert Hoover was president at that time. And then Herbert Hoover was kind of like, <clears throat> was kind of like a, a Trump type like character, actually. He was a businessman, actually, you know? And then, I mean, it basically, uh, uh, after, after him, I mean, everybody, he's one, Herbert Hoover is one of the least, uh, you know, favorite presidents, actually. He, and he's kind of like a failure, actually. And after him, FDR was uh, elected, actually. So, I mean, you know, maybe out of this whole mess, man, we can actually like uh you know get like our next fdr or something like that i was just thinking you know because history definitely repeats itself man and you know right i think you're right i think it's very possible you're right the pendulum swings like people get fed up they're like well this didn't work let's swing the other way yeah, yeah. i mean herbert hoover was basically during the the time when right when the great depression hit man you, you know and that's why basically times were so bad that uh franklin d roosevelt started to uh you know, and then as we know, like it was, he was a four term fucking president. I mean, you know, I don't know how I feel about that, but, uh, <laughs> but you, you know, he's one of our greatest. I mean, obviously, it hasn't in modern times, it's all turned into dictators and dickheads, but yeah, yeah, FDR, it was obviously working. Yeah, man, you know, you know, <laughs> so well, that, was, that was back during a time where they didn't have to know as much as they have to know these days. You know, it was, it was, I think, a lot easier to be president than it is these days. There's so many things you got to know and, and be aware of. And, and, yeah, and so I mean, many people, I, I believe, like, don't believe in voting. I speak to so many of my friends and peers like, don't you know it's fake? Don't you know the Illuminati just runs it? Don't you know it's just like Wall Street that's going to just pick their fucking leader? And it's like, no, bro, because, you know, I, I, like I say, I, I came as an undocumented immigrant. And right now on the border of Mexico, there's these shanty towns and all these towns of Central American immigrants that used to show up at the border and say, I'm seeking asylum. And they'd let them into the States, they'd give them a court date and they'd, you know, not be in danger. Right now, the narco traffickers and gangs prey on them. They rape them at night, they rob them. They don't have proper restrooms. They, you know, it's literally like non-sanitary conditions. It's just these fucking towns set up right at the fucking border. And it's like, actually, if we had more people that voted for the right fucking person, this wouldn't be the case right now. There wouldn't be this fucking human rights crisis happening right now, you know? And so voting fucking matters. And so, you know, a lot of these peers of mine forget or don't care. They're like, oh, was, was I supposed to vote today? It's like, motherfucker, are you kidding? You know, even though we live in California where it's obviously a more left-leaning state and generally the Democratic candidates win and, you know, maybe one vote isn't going to swing it because we don't have a direct democracy. We have this fucking bullshit uh electoral college system but uh 
you know, obviously stuff like that is meant to disenfranchise people, but that doesn't mean we should be disillusioned with the system. If we have critical mass, if everybody comes fucking out and votes for this guy, if the popular vote becomes millions and millions of votes over the electoral college, we might be able to dissolve that part the electoral of the college. I would love to see the electoral college just gone. And I think if it's, we a, did it's an old thing. It's an old voters, time thing. If like another like 8 million Californians came out and voted, and for one way, you know, if the numbers were like skewed ridiculously, we'd have to dissolve it, you know? But people are like, oh, my vote doesn't count, whatever, you know. Tisk, and tisk. like you said, oh, was that today I was supposed to vote? Yeah, and well, then, now then you can then vote early. Look. You can vote early. Yeah, as soon by as, mail. I mean, you, you didn't have to go, go anywhere. Yeah, and what's worse is those people try to talk to me about politics. I'm going to have to ask them, wait, wait. Do you believe in voting? No, then shut the fuck up. I don't yeah. even want to hear no, your opinion <laughs> because yeah. you're not exercising your right to have an opinion. So like, it's worthless. Just shut up, keep it to yourself. You know, I don't want to hear it. It's just kind of like interesting, man. Like I just felt like, you know, for the whole like Biden thing, it was like, hey, what happened to fucking Pete Buttigieg? I thought he was front runner. Those guys just dropped out like right before Super Tuesday. It's so like uh, obvious that like <laughs> these guys are just like test market people to see how like, <laughs> the, the American people feel about a gay being president. American people feel about Elizabeth Warren being president. You know, they all just dropped out like right before and everybody went to Biden. It was like such a conspiracy against Bernie, man. Like, I, you, you know what I mean? I felt like that was, that was very blatant. Democrats are definitely very afraid of Bernie Sanders because they have so many corporate and Wall Street connections that people do talk about and they're very real. You know, they have a lot of people they owe favors. Bernie Sanders isn't going to pay any of those fucking favors back. You know what nope. I mean? I like it. I was just saying, man. If you're the front runner, why are you dropping out? <laughs> if the media is making you like the front runner, right? It's such an obvious like thing that that happened, you, you know. And I'm just like, I can't even like look at CNN right now because it's just like plaguing my mind. I got to do a media blackout of just like uh, I don't know what I'm reading right now. Just Wall Street. I think it's healthy. Random. I like. Uh, do you guys listen to Democracy Now with Amy Goodman? Uh, no, is no. It it's on KPFK 90.7, or you can just go to their website every day, or they, they televise it too on Link TV, and I think they might televise it on KCT if I'm not mistaken. So, you know, it's a TV show you can watch, or you can just listen to it, you know, on the radio, 90.7 KPFK. It's on every morning, and it's fucking brilliant. It's a really like in depth analysis of a bunch of shit that's happening. I highly recommend it. It's one of my favorite media sources. Why do you think, uh, uh, <clears throat> progressive or democrat radio is never because you know mark Marin used to hope air america right and mm -hmm. uh, uh you know what's her name with the short hair on msnbc um you know uh she's a lesbian but anyways like why do you think it's never taken off like right-wing radio man they're, they don't you know they're not as angry and as irrational like people stir up <laughs> irrational fears and hate and a lot of emotions and a lot of that right-wing stuff and people that are more progressive, they're not, they're trying to like uh, appeal to your rational side. You know, like, hey, this makes sense for everybody. This is gonna be like good versus like, oh, those motherfuckers over there, we can all get united against those motherfuckers because they're fucking everything up for us. You know, and it's a different kind of attitude. It's a different like, Rachel you know, Maddow just seems like she's kind of like, she thinks she's better than you, right? <laughs> Compared to like, Compared to like a Rush Limbaugh who's just fear mongering, you know, you know what I mean? Like he's. <laughs> Have you guys seen that o OAN? I think it's called the News Network. No, -uh. one that? America Network or One America News. 
Oh, yeah. So when they first came out, they were very, I want to say, uh, middle of the road, just reporting yes. news that wasn't yes. very left or right swinging. And then yeah. about halfway through, they took a big turn right. I think they're more conservative than Fox. Oh, yes. Which is saying yeah. something. And it's a scary media source, dude. Because It's like another are, echo chamber of, of the Fox news network. Chamber, yeah. Yeah. yeah, another bright bar. Yeah, absolutely. They have really angry people on there. But you, you know, know I'm, I mean, I'm looking at it right now. It looks like you can fucking order guns off this the shop. <laughs> yeah, oh my god! Yeah, there you go. No, I'm, just, I'm just saying, it looks like a website. It's M5 like that, shell. You know? They oh, only use red, white, blue on the entire fucking website, man. Yeah, Eagle. <laughs> yeah, I bet you John Jones shops there. Oh man, dude, let's talk about UFC for a fucking second, dude. I, I texted a teacher <sighs> this morning. I was like. John Jones gets arrested for fucking DWI. Oh, huh? I, was like, I was like, dude, what? During this period, it's, and he has a weapon chart. He had guns and drugs. Uh, you know what I mean? I'm just like, dude, man. I often I'm, speak disrespectful of him on Twitter. I'll tweet at him. I'm like, dude, you're a fucking asshole, a jerk, a cheater. We could see right through your fucking act, you know? And, I, you know, obviously, it goes the whole, the whole chip on your shoulder, the ego thing. His mm -hmm. ego takes control too much and takes him down the dark path. You know, yeah. he, he had just put a post up. Uh, I think it was six days ago where um, they said something about, you know, all you have to do is just sit at home and watch TV. Don't fuck this up. Something like that. <laughs> we can save the human race. Like you try to Fighting make it all irony. like, you try I to make it all like, <clears throat> uh, uh, <laughs> you try to make it all like inspirational. It's like first time in history. We can save the human race by laying in front of the TV and doing nothing. Let's not screw this up. And then he fucking goes outside. And <laughs> Take a fucking Uber, dude. What the fuck? He's trying not to get that COVID-19, man. Okay? I'm not trying to be disrespectful to people in Florida, but uh, they don't act necessarily always with all their senses, I say. With all due respect, Mr. Teacher, I know you're from there originally. No, that's why I left. That's why yeah. I escaped. I got the fuck out of there. I don't blame you. Holy shit, bro. <laughs> Wait, did he get arrested in Florida, or are you just talking about the Fort Lauderdale kids? I think I was talking about Didn't he get arrested in Florida? Am I mistaken? Oh, no, 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 no. It was in, it was in um, New Mexico. It was oh, in no, uh, no, Albuquerque, uh, New Mexico, where he's <laughs> from. Oh, yeah. But, um, no, but usually, most of the time, if there's something fucked up that's happened or something where you're going, you got to be kidding me, a human did that, or, yeah. it's usually in Florida. Their governor isn't shutting shit down. He's like, no, people got to go to work. And it's like, dude, did you not see what just happened in Louisiana? Did you not just hear what happened at Mardi Gras? Like, he's not really got his census together, I think. Well, nope. hey, actually, did you see, uh, I got one more Netflix recommendation, man. Have you watched The Tiger King on Netflix? It keeps popping up. It keeps wanting me to watch it. Dude, watch it, man. It is like the most, I couldn't stop watching it. I'm like, this is the fucking craziest journey. It's about uh, people who breed big cats, okay? So, you know, there's more tigers in America than there are in the rest of the entire world, right? Yeah, That's New Jersey. <clears throat> and uh, apparently in Oklahoma, and there's a whole network of these motherfuckers and uh, there's one lady that's also crazy that opens a tiger sanctuary and they're just competing. And one of them puts out a hit on the other lady, man. But the thing is like, it's so crazy because there's just this motley crew of fucking characters inside, man. And straight up, I couldn't stop watching after I turned it on for fucking three, 
three episodes. I was like, I got to do the podcast. I got to stop watching this right now, man. So <laughs> I'm telling you, man, like I was very it's skeptical too. It's but a multi-episode show. What's it again? It's a show, not a movie. Uh, it's a it's a documentary, so it's actually like a however many part series actually. Okay, and it's just, got it. Just going through this crazy fucking story, and I'm not done with it yet. But I'm just I was just so captivated, man. I mean, this main guy, he's a gay guy. He has a uh, he has a you know a bunch of dudes that are all gay that are like tatted up all over that work. They're tiger trainers, and then they're he learned all his tiger training from a dude that runs another cult with like runaway chicks it's just crazy man like it like you know watch it okay? wow. <laughs> all right you know i've been watching more movies and tv in the past week than i have in the past like two years put together <laughs> i really like turning it over, you know that was the time like, to do it now's like i'll put in some it. exercise hour i'll put in some studio time but then i'm like well i got some time to kill and then i just watch <laughs> all kinds of shit I, I was watching this uh dark side of the ring have you seen that it's like a wrestling thing Yes. Oh, I've heard yes. of it. Yes, with, uh, with um, Chris um, ben Benoit. Benoit, yeah, that was the first episode. Yeah, it's like a vice thing. Yeah, it's, like, it's oh, really crazy. Yeah, I mean, he, he killed his family after he had his own and killed himself, right? I remember that. Yeah, that was it. That was it. And there's multiple, like, uh, different. Well, he had massive CTE, uh, some chronic uh, trauma uh, encephalopathy. His signature move was a flying headbutt where he'd fly off the Bam! head buckle and smack people in the head. So doing, you know, smacking your head from the fucking, that height over and over cannot be healthy. No. It's definitely going to affect you. Jeez, man. Hey, uh, that's, that's disturbing. Man. That's funny. You're checking that out too. <laughs> it was a good watch. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, you know, you know, I, I've, we've been putting out these episodes, of these podcasts, man, because we just want people to uh, reach out to us too, man. If you're bored at, and stuck at home, man, we not everybody has, uh, you know, a nice pad to stay at home at. So we, hopefully, this can help you disassociate a little from the current situation, man. And uh, this uh, is a good break for me actually, because I don't actually see a lot of people now. I talk a little on the phone and I see their posts. But I don't actually even see other people's faces. You gotta, people got to stay off social media right now. Because if you just watch social media and watch the news, man, you're going to freak out and fucking like, you know, I mean, think the end of the world. But you know what? It's okay. The air's not poisonous outside, actually. You, you know? Oh, dude, you are right about that. Holy cow. I was, I was just realizing that yesterday and the day before. I'm outside and I'm breathing and I'm going, man, this smells good. I've been getting a lot of sun. I've been spending time on the rooftop, like taking leaves off the roof and the gutter and all that. But like, cause you know, I've been, you know, spring cleaning all fucking week too. Like I, I clipped all the trees around here. I've been fucking, you know, taking care of the place. Cause I actually have time. Like, Oh, well this needs fixing. So let me fix this. But yeah, like, man. I've been getting a lot of sun and it feels really nice. There's a little bit of sun and wind the other day. And I was just like basking in it. Like, uh, it was really good. It was a good moment. I was saying that, you know what? Taking the positive side of this whole thing, man, it's just like um, there's no FOMO, man. There, there's nobody going to a party that you can't go to because you don't have enough money. All the DJs have resorted back to where I am, where I have to DJ to basically a virtual audience now. 
there's so many DJs just like posting up in their living room doing sets that I'm like, you know what? There's too much competition out there, man. Like, I don't even need to do it. But I'm enjoying all those sets, though. You, you, you know, it's kind of cool. I actually saw a bunch of DJs got together. They're going to be doing a weekend festival over the internet. They want you to like donate a little bit of money. But it's like a bunch of like headlining, big name, like bass music. Oh, yeah. Elton John's going to be hosting it. No, it's more like a rave music kind of thing. It's a rave music thing. Oh, yeah. it's another one. But, They're going to do something guys, with know, Elton John. Festival season. They play like every fucking weekend at all these festivals around the world. And so their income is, you know, shot. So it's kind of like, hey, throw yeah. some nickels, we'll entertain you. You know, which sucks that they got to do that. But it's cool that, you know. I watched, yeah. Yeah, I watched the virtual Ravathon from Insomniac, actually. And it was bizarre, man. It was like. Pascal, the the founder of Insomniac Entertainment, um, and he was just like pretty far from the fucking DJs. And then like in between each set, they would come and wipe down all the fucking things with Lysol wipes and everything like that. You know what I mean? I'm like, dude, wow. man, I really hope this is not the new way. But then you know, I did a little house roll, made some music, man. So <laughs> I'm like, this is this is uh maybe this is the new way, man. Shit, dude, we're all just gonna be raving from our living rooms, man. You know, virtually connected together because they're. There was 50,000 people watching that fucking show at one time, man. I mean, that's a fucking rave. You, you know, I mean, no matter how wow. <clears throat> no matter how many people, I mean, we're all separated, but, you know, there was a ticker showing how many people are watching this set, man. So, I don't know, man. It's and great. people definitely like, you know, fuck it, I'm going to eat some Molly and watch this shit. Oh, yeah, that's what I did. <laughs> and I made that track, <laughs> man. And, you know, do whatever they do. You know what I mean? It's like... <laughs> I was I was I was saying in the last episode I'm like, dude, man, people are gonna be pent up and wanting to party after this, man. So, I, I mean, hopefully, uh, you, you know, we we can definitely throw that sticker meet up and have a, like a nice party too. And you know what? If, if we're gonna do this, man, uh, if I'm gonna DJ, man, I'd love for you to have a set too, bro. You, you know, you know what I mean? Like, uh, it'll be fun, man. Cause uh, you know, I feel like sometimes the street art audience, man, it's like, oh, they're also serious artists, man. They, you know, what I mean, they don't know how to enjoy like. Uh, some just like fucking nod your head techno and shit. You know, you know what I mean? I feel really blessed, man. LA is such a rich, divorced cultural city where I grew up going to punk and hip hop and techno and drum bass and house. Yeah. And to me, it wasn't ever like, oh, this is corny. It was like, oh shit, this is like a whole another world I didn't know about. Then how I get to bless the fucking sample. You know, and other people might have looked at me like, oh, you go to this shit and that shit too much, come to my shit. But it's like, yeah, I'll go to with you every once in a while, but I can't. I don't want to do the same shit every week. I definitely want to get in like a little bit of everything. You know what I found actually when I, when I was a DJ, I was so rigid and one dimensional with what I wanted to play and with what I wanted to listen to that I really missed out on a lot of shit that my other buddies right in my periphery were like, yo, we're going to this really great legendary thing that's going to happen right now. And I was like, oh, are they going to play this? Well, I don't want to go. And it's like, just come with us and experience it anyway. You know, and during that, you know, my friends forcing me to get out of my comfort zone and what I liked. I was able to realize, man, I've been missing out on this, all this other shit all my other friends are telling me about. But I like, you know, I think I'm into the coolest shit. But really, like, man, I should get out there and listen to more shit. I feel really lucky that over the past however many years, I've been blessed enough to experience so many of the different things in LA, whether it be the Latin American music, the hip hop, the reggae, the fucking the African rape booga stuff. Booga There's so much shit cracking, dude. <laughs> African booga booga shit that your friends are talking about. <laughs> I love that shit, dude, all day. All day, dude. Well, yeah. shit, man. Hey, it's been over an hour, man. So, I mean, I just wanted to give the audience something, man. We're all in this together, guys. Um, 
shit, man. I'm anxious to go out, man, but I'm just stacking tracks right now. I'm just fucking. Stay home. Yes. Learn some stuff on YouTube, right? Make 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 a hobby a time out of it. Spend more time with mom. Write that letter you meant to write, you know? Do watch something. Frank, watch Franklin and Cyrus on TikTok, man, okay? Like, do something. Hey, actually. Do air fingers. Make a list of shit you've been meaning to do and fucking do it. Yeah. You know? I want to I wanna actually promote for one of our for one of our boys, man. You know, Franklin Marshall, the third fish, do you know who that is, man? Yeah, I've seen him on your podcast. Awesome. Okay, so, you know, he gets up, man, you know? And actually, so they're doing a virtual comedy show on Instagram Live and also um, on uh, tic- TikTok. I guess you can go live, too, basically. Friday, next Friday at 8 p.m., okay? April 3rd at 8 p.m., we're all going to be home doing nothing. So I'm going to be there, man, watching, man, and supporting him. So if, you want, if you're doing nothing and you want to hear two fools, like, tell some really uncomfortable jokes, but they're fucking hilarious, man, you know? Um, yeah, check that out. Okay, we'll post the info um, uh, when it gets near, man. But, uh, hey, Fish, man, thank you so much, man. Thanks for having me, guys. It's always Hell a pleasure to see you guys. It's been awesome to talk to you, and uh, stay safe out there. And uh, fuck, man, just keep on smoking. And uh, like I said, keep us updated with anything. I hope to party with you soon. Likewise. Thank you so much. Thanks, bro. Thank you so much. Have a great night, guys. guys. Take care. Peace. Much respect to you. Peace. And do.